Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. not my usual vigor. It's been a long day. How you been? It's been a long day and Skype was trying us earlier today. I know. Honestly, Skype is a hater. Skype did not want Brown Ambition to happen tonight. But Skype lost. Brown Ambition won. Woo woo. Because we back and we black and we brown. We did. So how was your birthday? Honestly, it was awesome. So Superman um bought me some diamond earrings, which he was so oh. proud of. I know. He made me open them in front of everybody. You and did like good. Oh, and passed them around. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, when am I getting my gift? He was like, later on tonight. He was like waiting for more people to come. Oh, so part of the gift was also that he invited like my family and friends to the house on my actual birthday, which was really nice. And um, he, you know, got food. He even got like vegan food for me from my favorite vegan restaurant and even a vegan cake. It was a chocolate mousse cake that was delicious. Awesome. I know. I was like, look at you. Because once I found out, at first it was going to be a little bit of a surprise. And then I think he was just kind of like, well, let me just tell her. So once I found out, you know, I tried to take over. And he was like, yeah, so no, I'm the project manager. You just sit back. <laughs> that's even, that's like not a gift though. Because it's so much, it's so it's so it, hard to sit back. You know what? I was like calling all my friends secretly like, okay, girl. So Especially when you know you could do it better. Right? Like, what, do you, what did he say to bring? Okay, no, this is what you need to do. <laughs> But it was great. And especially when we opened up, he was like, open up the present. And I could barely look at them before he took them, was like passing them around the table. I'm like, honestly, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. But honestly, it was an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome birthday. Aw, happy birthday. Yes. Oh, child. So, you know what's so crazy? You know how last week, like I talked about the, um, and I know you got some mail about that, that um, almost um, rape moment that I had back when I was like in college. Oh, right. Last, so last week on the show, we were talking about all the Harvey Weinstein stuff, just in case y'all didn't yes. listen. And Tiffany, you opened up about a, a, a really strange, scary, like sexual encounter you had. When was that in college? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I think I, I had to be maybe a freshman in college um and then um so I wasn't raped for those of you who are like what so listen to the show before but I um then then the whole me too so this is relating back to kind of like what's happening now there's this campaign going around um called me too where women are sharing their own um sexual harassment or rape or molestation or whatever that looks like and it's so powerful in that seeing women that I know and I'm like really and seeing their stories. And it's, I don't know that any woman has not said basically me too, hashtag me too. It's just been really powerful. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. I mean, how could you miss it? 
Um, I mean, it's sad, sadly, how could you miss it? It seems like half the women I'm on my Facebook feed, um, you know, are, are either writing. It's, it's nice because it's such a simple hashtag and it, it leaves, it leaves you with the ability to not have to say too much. Like you can just say me too, but not have to expand on it. But then some of my friends and colleagues and, um, family have been like, you know, taking an opportunity to, to share, you know, more details and stuff, but yeah, it is. So, um, this is kind of, I'm just like, did you see, did you hear about the story about American airlines and, uh, Tamika, is it Tamika Mowry? Is this her name? She is a, um, no, it's Tamika. That's what it is. She's a black activist. So I guess I'm just saying this is just coming out that like she was booted from an American airlines plane. Now they have this big, um, well, she's starting kind of like a campaign, I guess, against American Airlines. So apparently she tried to switch her seat, wasn't able to, I guess a pilot overheard her going back and forth with the gate agent. So after she was seated, so I, I guess at a kiosk, she switched her seat from middle to aisle, but it didn't take at the gate. So she was going back and forth with the gate agent like, no, 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 I had an aisle seat, a middle seat or whatever. The pilot overheard and um, I guess when she got seated, then had her removed. This is like after they she went back and forth with the gate agent. So anyway, it's just kind of random, and I was just like, "What?" You would think these airlines would be more more um um careful these days about removing people, like not just for. for I mean, reading it now, of course, I mean, you know, I'm not hearing what American Airlines is having to say, but reading it now, it seems like so petty. But you would think that they'd be more careful with how they've been sued so many times for improper removing people, improperly removing people. One of my friends works for an airline. So whenever something like this happens, I always ask him like, you know, so like what, you know, did the, did they follow procedure? What could, what, what they, what were they allowed to do or not allowed to do? And his, his insight's always really interesting when he's like, oh yeah, they totally messed up or actually that's the procedure. And unfortunately it just went left. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Airlines. Well, I mean, it's not just the airlines. It's like the people working at, you know, it's like the PR the PR person at the airline definitely would handle it differently. But like when it's down to like the individual at the gate and like, and who they're hiring and it's mm -hmm. hard to manage like so many people. Um, it is, especially, you know, it's not easy. I mean, I'm not saying that American Airlines didn't make a mistake, but oh, customer support and service can be a biatch because you know, everyone is just so many personalities to deal with. And, you know, just managing that, like the person before might have just yelled at you. The other person is like, I'm going to get you fired. And it's just so much. I don't even know how. I mean, I guess you could say I work in customer support in some ways. And sometimes I'm like, I'm over it. <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. Well, being on the side of like service, you know, because like you'll try to serve somebody. Yo, there is no, what is that saying about like no good deed goes unpunished? Yeah, like literally, I I could give something like, hey, guys, I'm going to give you this present. It's so great here. And it's totally free. It will change your life. And somebody will still be like, mm, it's not purple, though. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what? like it. Somebody will complain about something so random of this free gift. Oh, I remember one time a woman signed up for my Live Richer Challenge, which is completely free. And it's already years in. So, you know, in the beginning, I can understand people are a little sketchy about like, ooh, is this really free or is it like fake free when they're like, psych, it got you. But it's like year four now. So there's no gotcha, gotcha. And so she wanted a one-on-one. -on -one. So she emailed and me was like, hey, you know, um, I'm doing a challenge. I have a question. Can I, can I get a phone call? 
And I was like, you know, unfortunately, because there's so many women at this time, it was a few hundred thousand. And, you know, that I can't do one on one phone call, but you please post in the group because there's literally hundreds of thousands of women and someone has the answer for you. And she wrote back and I'll never forget this. I remember looking at the screen and blinking. Um, Well, clearly, this is not a program for me. If you can't take the time out of your day to get on the phone to help somebody, I think I'll remove myself. I'm like from the from the free program. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, ma'am, I'm literally, this is a, okay. You can leave. I prefer if you don't, but I'm like, it's a free program. Why are you mad at me? Because I won't take a call from all 300,000 women who hit me up. That's why I created the group because I got, kept getting so many, um, requests to talk that I said, there has to be a way that people still get help if I can't speak to anyone individual, everyone individually. And so it's like, you still get the help for free, no matter what. And so I just remember thinking like, wow, you could do a lot of good, but there's always going to be somebody who's going to be like, I know you gave your arm, but you didn't give your shoulder, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Service industry. Yes, that service industry, it, it, it can be. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm well, grateful. on truth. People are nice. Yes, I was going to say, like, yeah, I have a lot. I mean, 99% of the dream catchers are. Uh, honestly, it's the thing that keeps me going. But then you get that one, and you're like, girl, get out of my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see the Google Doodle today? Yes, yeah, Selena. Uh, I didn't realize today, what is it, the anniversary of her very first album in 1989. Aww. What, some a, what an icon. I know. Later. Isn't that so crazy? There's some people who's... Because how old was she? She was 23, 24 when she died. I mean, she was like a baby. Exactly. And I mean, I wonder what it is about some people who are who leave such a mark on the world that they literally change it and are forever remembered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what is that magic sauce that some people have? Because like, I'm not even like into like necessarily like, um, I, I'm not sure what, what you would t- um, call the music, the type, like her genre of music. It was Tejano. Well, she started out doing Tejano music, I think. And then she was crossing over into pop music. So I'm not like, you know, but still I knew about Selena, like, and her impact. So it just, yeah. sometimes people just leave this mark and it's in, you know, it's just forever part of the fabric of, I don't know, of our culture. And that's Selena. I'm like, oh man, like, yeah, what a beautiful young soul. And you're right. She was a baby and it's such a shame. We could use a Selena today, man. I think what she represented too, the combination of culture from Mexico to America, because, you know, she was, uh, grew up in Texas, but Mexican American, but that's like a different culture than straight Mexican Mm. than straight American. And and I think she represented both worlds. So, so great. Um, so well, and she was like both of ours and, you know, she represented like a new generation of, um, young Mexican American, um, immigrants. And of course she died so young. It's also just like the fact of someone dying so young and being so bright, like Aaliyah, think about Aaliyah when you think about Selena. Um, but anyway, yeah. if you want to go feel some and feels to- and have like a little pick me up, go check out the Google. Well, you have until midnight. Actually, it's over by now when you're listening to this. <laughs> it's like it's it. done. It's gonna Too be late. on YouTube though. No, no, it's on YouTube. If you go to the okay, they had, the video that they have is on YouTube. You can just you can go to YouTube and look up Selena Google Doodle, and it'll pop up. Okay.
Do you want a break or do you want a boost? Because I want to, hmm, I don't know. What do I want to do, break or boost? What do you want to do? I want a break. Well, I always get torn. I want to do a break from Mo Money, More Problems. Okay. And here's the problem. I feel like I'm at that place now where um, I, we had to have a, you know, we had a financial planner and she was really useful to us, especially this last year. Um, um, she was a fee-only planner and we would pay her a, a monthly fee for her services. And then she would she would come sometimes visit New York to meet us in person and she would just offer a lot of advice and help us everything from comparing, you know, life insurance plans to when we got married, looking at our health insurance plans and, you know, recommending which one to go with and like really helpful. And, um, and anyway, um, so we've had a, we've had a great year and it's been really helpful, you know, having this, this, this planner, but it's like, now it's getting to a point where we have, we have our goals and we have money in the bank, but she's like, you have way too much in cash. Mm. And I feel like we're becoming that millennial prophecy or like the millennial stereotype of like, we keep too much in our savings because we're afraid of investing, yeah. not afraid of investing, but just like we're hesitant to start investing with our, with our savings, our cash money. You know, we, a note, both of us max out our 401ks, like we have no problem doing that. But other than okay. that, it's always been... We're, we're sort of like squirreling and hoarding. And I say we, but really it's me. Like even, yeah. I, I'm sort of like nurturing this little, this like my little yeah. beautiful little, little like. Your my precious. Little, my, my precious. precious. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's a white fluffy cat. And yes. I'm like, what do you mean? There's too much. Yes. Oh my God. That must be the millennial. It like, cause I'm like, uh, I'm generation X. Is it X, right? Is that what it is right before millennial? Yes. But I'm like on the, I'm like at the generation. Yes, but I'm like a super, like I'm on the young side of Generation X and that, so I have a lot of millennial tendencies and that is so me. I've got a little stockpile for when the war, from the, when the war comes, right? I'm ready. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I have so much cash sitting. My financial advisor just looked at me like, Tiffany, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I am afraid to invest. I'm not going to lie. I do. I have my, I have my, you know, my, my retirement fund set up. So does Superman, but there, there is a part of me that is really afraid to like not see the stockpile, you know, like, no, no. Cause when the war comes and the recession hits, I'm ready. You know, <laughs> I got my gold bars underneath the bed. <laughs> so no, I totally feel you. Ugh. Well, one of the things that she, she gave us a plan, an action plan, um, because she gave us an action plan last month and, and I've been really like procrastinating and actually doing it, but it's actually a plan on how much. So a lot of, we, we've gotten this question before, you know, after your 401k, what are you supposed to do with everything else that you earn over your lifetime? And you know, you're blessed to earn money beyond that point, but like, what are you supposed to do with it? How, how is the best way to invest? And she sort of had, I mean, everyone's situation is different, but she started off by asking us our goals, which is one, we want to we want to save a down payment for a house. I guess in my mind, I've just been stockpiling, stockpiling, stockpiling. I live in New York City, so I'm like, oh, I don't know how much is going to be enough for a house. A million dollars, I guess I'll never stop saving. Um, but that's not <laughs> actually true. She, you know, crunched the numbers. We actually, you know, for our budget, we decided how much we actually needed to save for a down payment realistically and then how okay. much we have left over, um, when we're going to want to use that down payment money, how much we actually want to budget for our annual um, vacationing and those larger mm. expenses that we spend throughout the year. That was pretty much our only big 
are two big earmarks for savings, one for the retire, sorry, one for a down payment on a house and two for um, annual vacations and trips because we have, you know, vacations and also like 75 weddings to go to a year now. <laughs> um, outside of that, she's like, you really don't, and your emergency fund, of course, which is, you know, we have about six months of income. She suggests a six months. I like to keep 12, but we're going back and forth on that. Maybe we'll settle on nine <laughs> after that. So one is obviously emergency fund, two, the down payment for the house, three, the vacation. So once you have that set aside, she's like, now with this extra money, and, and in my mind, I hadn't been letting myself see it as extra. I had sort of been, like I said, just tricking or like telling myself that I needed to save all this money for the down payment when I don't really need to. And she's like, okay, we're going to Start by um, create investing in some CDs, which is like a baby step above the savings. Yeah, account. and that's what he told me that too, Frank. My okay, I'm listening. I'm like, oh, Frank said that. Okay, okay. So CDs <laughs> for you guys. So CDs was a, a CD was the thing that my grandma bought me when I was yeah. like born, and it's like a certificate. And I literally got like this pink certificate check like thing when I turned 18. I don't even know where that thing ended up. I think, but anyway, a certificate of deposit is just. It's basically a savings account with some more rules, and it has slightly higher um, rates than what you'll get on a savings account, a regular old savings account today. And the longer you keep your money in a CD, they sell three-month CDs, six-month yeah. CDs, nine-month, 12-month, five years, on and on. Um, yeah. And the longer you keep your money in, the higher your rate can be. The caveat is that that time limit is if you take the money out before that time limit, three-month, six-month, 12-month, you will pay a penalty for withdrawing the funds. So it really has to be money that you're not going to use anytime soon or anytime within that window. And of course, the higher, the longer you put the money away for the, the higher your reward. Mm -hmm. Um, So she suggested, you know, putting a small chunk into a five year CD, putting a little bit of a larger chunk into like a, I think a three year CD and then putting an even larger chunk into a one year CD. Um, um, and letting the money grow there. Okay. And then from there, she, she suggested um, opening up, well, one, um, both of us opening up an uh, IRA outside okay. of our um, 401k investments. And under IRS rules, we're both allowed to contribute, what is it, 5500 into an IRA each oh, year? Oh, really? For even after you've maxed out, even if you've maxed out your, um, your uh, <clears throat> 401k? Yeah, this is outside of your employer contribution, your 401k. This is your personal individual retirement account. Um, okay. And, and, you know, I actually already have one because um, I I had like a rollover IRA from before through Vanguard that's kind of just sitting there and I can contribute. I can just can keep, I can just contribute $5,500 to that for the year. And then my husband, he doesn't have one yet. So opening up him an IRA. Um, and I know the next question people are wanting is like, well, where do you open an IRA at? You can do it at Vanguard. Mm. We can get a Betterment account if we wanted to. Yeah. We can do um, uh, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. There's a bunch of discount. They call them discount uh, brokerages mm-hmm. or whatever that are out there. And they typically have like a minimum deposit re- you know, requirement of like, I don't know, 500 bucks to 1000 bucks. Um, and anyway... That was the next step is opening up those Roth IRAs and putting money in there. And so I- is she a, is she a financial advisor that she's advising and she's going to do this or she's like a planner? No, no, no. To tell- she's not doing it. She's telling okay. us. That's, well, okay. that's why I've been procrastinating because I have to actually do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so she, and I had her, you know, send the email with the whole plan. And um, there's other things too, like, of course, maxing out the 401k. Here's, here's the thing that I've learned about. So I'm, 
I've been covering, you know, I've been talking about personal finance for so long. You know how you hear those like rules of thumb and you mm-hmm. just like repeat them. And then you're like, oh, that's always been the way it is. You know, whether it's save six months retire or save six months emergency fund or save 10% for retirement. I always hear this rule every year at the end of the year. There's always that articles that come out saying end of year tax or end of year financial planning advice. And the first thing is usually max out your 401k if you have additional funds or you get a bonus or whatever. And our planner says, you know, your income has increased throughout the year. You haven't been contributing. You're not going to max out your 401k. So you've got to boost your contributions to your 401k to make sure you max it out before the end of the year. Now, it's easier said than done is what I've realized. Like, it's not like your 401k through your employer tells you when you've maxed out your account. You have to actually do the math and be like, I mean, some of them might do that, but mine doesn't. Um, You have to actually say, okay, well, I have... What year, what month is it? October. I've got three months more in the year. I've got six pay periods. So I've got to figure out how much, how much more I have to get to my limit, which is 18,500. That's how much anyone who has a 401k can contribute for the year, the tax year, how much I can contribute to hit that mark and then divide it by the six pay periods and then go into my um, retirement plan or my, my, uh, depo- direct deposit, you know, backend stuff on my employee website and change my contributions. And then you have to really watch it because if you go over, then you can get penalized for it by the IRS. Um, so it's like trickier and more complex than it's just mm. one of those rules that I always hear about. And so I'm, I'm actually doing the thing that I feel like people have been asking, you know, what do you do when you like, you got your retirement kind of covered. You played out your debt and like now what to do with the money. And that's, that's what I'm doing. It's what I should be doing anyway. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I, <laughs> it's done. It's done. It's done. No, I did, I did do the, the increase your 401k contributions. What a racket though. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm still broke? It's because I'm putting like half my paycheck away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days where I used to be like, but then you try to tell yourself, well, you're not really broke, but you're like, but I feel like I'm broke. Yeah. It's, <laughs> fine we're doing fine but it does feel kind of like well what do you mean i have to i can't i can't have it um but yeah we've we're gonna max up the 401k for the year i'm gonna open the cds i think i've picked um uh i think i've picked i mean honestly with cds it's really just like pick the ones that give you the highest rate so there's a great website called depositaccounts.com it's really nerdy but if you're looking okay. to just really compare cd rates depositaccounts.com you can't go wrong they're actually our sister site um, under Lending Tree, and they are like they have. I mean, I just got briefed on like the technology that they use to scrape banks for their rates, and they will find rates everywhere. So anyway, Ooh. that's where I'm like comparing rates. And Ally Bank has a no penalty CD. Those do exist where okay. you put it away, and you actually won't get penalized if you take it out. Um, they have a no penalty, I think, eleven month CD, which isn't bad. And um, there's there's other ones that I'm kind of looking at. I think I might, I might, I don't know if I'm going to do all my CDs in one place or not. It kind of depends on, I'm not sure how, how much I can tolerate managing accounts at like a bunch of different banks right now. It just seems like a lot of work. Um, but anyway, I'm going to try and I'm going to, I'm going to do what she says. Okay. I'm going to, I mean, I'll feel better because honestly it's right. It's logical. Like the money you have sitting in your savings account, even if it's earning the maximum right now, which it's is like, still losing yeah, because it's, it's, inflation is eating up anything that you might totally. be earning. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know, you know how you know that you, I mean, I know that, um, and for those of you like, what's inflation? Inflation is, um, 
that the cost of money lowers each year. Like, so thanks for yourself. Like when you used to get a bag of chips when you were a kid and maybe those chips cost 25 cents. And by the time you're an adult, those same chips, the, your money can do less. Those same chips cost 50 cents. And so inflation means over time, your money can do less basically. So the same thing costs more and more money. Um, and so that means if you are saving and your money is growing at 1%, but inflation so your money is growing, but inflation is actually lowering your money's buying power by 3%. You're actually gaining one, but losing three. So you're losing two. So if you do the math. So hopefully that explains it. So my brown boost break is going to be a break. Um, I, w- I had something else, like something about the house, just because I'm so over this process. But whatever. Hopefully by next time we speak, I'll be in the house, but I was just like, whatever. So instead I'm going to Brown boost from, because this happened, a couple of clients have reached out to me to work with me and then totally try to undercut. And I'm like, I'm not like, what? And so it's just, I just saw, I just saw this like thing scroll across my timeline. It said the hookup is a drain on black entrepreneurs, charge folks and they will respect you more. And so this is not necessarily the hookup because, you know, these are like bigger companies, whatever. But I just don't like that because one, you know, I've worked really hard to bring like clear value to the table. I could see like when I was first starting out and I was like, well, you know, it's a it's a long shot. No, I one I over deliver. And I and when I'm showing the numbers, I'm always conservative. And even then it always exceeds like what clients are typically looking for. And they'll admit that like, ooh, yes, girl, that's way more than we thought. And that's still I will still undershoot because I'd rather over deliver. And then when you tell them a number, which is more than reasonable, more like like it's the industry standard because I've, you know, asked around and I know this is what colleagues are getting or whatever. That's why I love that we have our own like financial groups online because people will ask and I'll know. And then they're like, oh, no, half that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so that's happened a couple of times. But you know what? This is what I realized that it's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that my business model is not. I want to say maybe 25% of my business model is working with clients, meaning like companies or whatever who want to work. Everything else, for the most part, is B to C, meaning like directly to the customer. So when that happens, like lately I've been walking away from, it's not that the number that they're giving me is not a lot of money. Because it is relative to what I used to make before, but it's not fair compensation for the ask, especially me knowing what the industry number is and me even knowing sometimes what you're paying other people. Mm. So that is my round break because it's honestly, it's frustrating because I'm like, really? Because that's not what you pay such and such, even though they're probably not supposed to tell me. So I'm like, whatever. But still, I'm still like, or like, what? You know, like I, I can deliver or I've delivered before. And you're still trying to tell me like this. So I'm just been saying no, no. And I'd never said no before. Cause I'm like, Ooh, Tiffany, that's still good money girl. But I'm like, you know what? For 2018, one of the things I really want to focus on, cause I learned like, even when, before I started dating Superman, I remember calling a friend of mine who was married and she too was like an influencer and had her own business. And, and she was, she, she was, um, she had just had a baby and I was calling her and I was like, I'm tired of being by myself. And she was like, well, do you make, a relationship, a priority. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, Tiffany, I know you go hard for your business, but are you going hard for your love life? And I was like, well, girl, I mean, I look cute when I go out. She's like, do you go out? I'm like, I mean, no, <laughs> I did not go out. 
She's like, so unless you're dating the UPS guy, which there's no harm in that, like, where are you going to find this magic person? You have to make the thing that you want a priority, just like you make your business a priority. And so I did. And voila, Superman, we's married now. So all y'all know that I want a little Bambino or Bambina. And so for 2018, I told myself that I'm going to make that a priority. And so as a result, I'm really learning to say no to things that are not in alignment. Well, one, I've said, I say no to things that are not emotionally in alignment or not alignment with my values. But now I'm learning to say things like, because I'm, I have to make time for like taking care of myself, relaxing so I can be, you know, a vessel for a beautiful baby, a healthy vessel for a beautiful baby. So I am not selling myself short anymore because I'm like, why, you know? And so it's just bothered me because it's happened a couple of times and I'm like, what the heck? So I'm just like, no girl, kick rocks. And if they come back, they do. If they don't, the good thing about, like I said, the way my company is set up is most of my, my income comes from treating the dream catchers well. And as long as I do that, I'll never be broke. So, mm, yeah. So it's just, but it's just, um, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. It's it's honestly the only way to do, you just can't focus on everything a hundred percent. I mean, sometimes you got to tip the scale in a different direction. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's it. I mean, like, so it's just a good, so that's why even like now I, I always think to myself when I'm working with other vendors, like in the beginning when I was like broke, I used to really like negotiate hard and I really try like not to, unless I really think the vendor is like bugging. I'm like, girl, that's not what it goes for. Um, because I, you know, I know what it's like to be the company, you know, so that you're like wanting to pay. So either I am willing to pay the vendor or I'm not. So, like, unless the vendor is literally asking for something ridiculous, you're like, a flyer doesn't go for $3,000, girl, right? But unless it's something crazy, then either I pay the vendor or I don't because I think it's wrong to try to, like, um, undercut people, you know? Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. That's my brown break. Mm. Now it's time for all your questions from the brown brown break. I mean, brown ambition inbox. That didn't go as smoothly as I was hoping. <laughs> you know what I was trying to go. You for. had good weeks before. I did. I'm like y'all just gonna have to give me that one. <laughs> you do for a little stumble. Um, yeah. Honestly, I I leave all the segues up to you. I really should chip in every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, ooh, that was she loves one. it. <laughs> She enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the, some questions? I love our questions. We always get good ones. Oh, yeah. where if you can send questions to where again? You can send them to, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com. Dot com. And click on ask us anything, or you can just go right to the source and send us an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. All right. So we have a question from someone with an uh, awesome name. Her name is Tyranny. 
It's kind of yes! like Tiffany, but without, instead of Fs, it's Rs. But no, tyranny just sounds so powerful. Like, tyranny! Right? So, <laughs> tyranny actually has a question about investing. Um, she's like, I, I enjoy your podcast, and I feel like I have girlfriends in my car while commuting to work and back home. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, says, thanks for providing. Okay, I'm not going to read all the praise, but it's nice. <laughs> Thank you, tyranny. <laughs> Um, on to my question. I recently downloaded and signed up for the Acorns investment app. It's been Ooh. about four months since the app has been investing my spare change. The app is taking $20 a month from my account in addition to using my spare change to invest. Do you have any advice on how to grow this account faster? How do I get the greatest return on my investment? Oh, hello, husband, <laughs> calling during the show. Um do you have any advice on how to grow this account faster? How do I get the greatest return on my investment? And is this app really worth it? Thanks. So I actually have the Acorns app. Have you, do you have the Acorns app? Maybe I, I started an account, but then I ignored it. Like I said, I have issues. Um, but I remember you talked about this before you, you've had an account for a while, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, I'm the worst because I put my money in cash and I meant to invest it. And why uh, a year and a half later, it's still what? Mandy, I forgot because I, I guess I must have transferred $200 and I said, okay, I'm going to, this will be play money that I will invest. And then I didn't until, um, I don't know, somebody, I guess somebody, I must have had a link somewhere. Someone signed up under like my link and it sent me like a little notification like, hey, your friend Mandy signed up with your link. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so I click on it and it's because right now they're giving away free stock. So if someone sends up, signs up under your link, they'll give you free stock. So they're like, pick your stock. And I was like, what? And it was like, I'm like, what is this $200? <gasps> I never invested in it. <laughs> so it's sitting there. Um, so I'm not even going to lie. I have it, although I cannot tell you if, I mean, I have gained money um, only because from just basic, like, I guess, I don't know, like interest. But, um, and then like that little stock is going up like 2% or something like that. But um from what I think, and I told myself I was going to do this with the 200, I believe you can, I don't know if you have to, if you have to pick your stocks, I think you can increase how much money that you put in. And I believe you can, and you can kind of like, um, fix your investment portfolio to be more aggressive. You could yeah, try that. Take, don't you have to do a quiz and then it kind of gives you a portfolio according to your tolerance for risk. And if you yeah. come across as too afraid to really take risks, then it's not going to put your money in the, as much in the market. It's not going to put as much in stocks. And then you may see limited returns because of that. So that could be the problem. Maybe you should, maybe you should, uh, you can readjust how you're yeah. allocating your assets. So with Acorns, they don't give you, as, as long as I, as long as I understand Acorns, they don't give you so much control over like nip, like picking your, your investments, which is a good part. Like you shouldn't. Yeah. That's why people like it because they don't have to do so much work, but you could take the quiz again and um, give yourself like try and be a little brave when you make when you answer those questions, because the more you can show them that you're tolerant to taking risks and that yep. you want big rewards, they will put your money into investments that have the potential to get higher rewards. And on the downside, you may see your money dip every once in a while because the yeah. market can be more volatile. It's a stock market, you know. One company, like someone finds a piece of glass in a Starbucks cup and the stock falls. Like, you know, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Oh, um, I just, and I'm in here now because I said, you know what? Why is it keeping it here? Okay. So if you go to your investment profile, there's something literally that says goal. And I had goal, preserve my savings. So that's it. They're like, well, girl, we're just going to keep it here in the savings account. So I just clicked on growth. 
it's literally just a button. And then it says timeline. And then you can say, it says experience. Like, so I chose not much. And so, and then ask you stuff like, um, what's your risk tolerance? And um, what's your liquidity? Like how important is liquidity to you? Very important. And liquidity is basically having cash on hand. So I've now just chosen um, somewhat important. So now based upon that, it'll, it'll start to invest my $200. Like, okay, like grow some of my money. Don't just keep it in savings. Um, like, um, I do, I have a, like a mid range risk tolerance and you know, that my, I'm like middle of the road as far as keeping things liquid, meaning like, okay, I can have some cash at hand, but I want you to invest most of it. So now hopefully, you know, we could check back in next week and I could tell you how my, how my $200 that I've done nothing with is, is now doing. (laughs) That's a pretty low balance. And I also, Acorns charges $1 a month. For okay. their accounts, I'm on there. I just wanted I wanted to double check because I know these companies always change their fees, but they charge one dollar a month if you have less than five thousand dollars saved up, or you have a balance of less than five thousand dollars in your account. And if she's only it's only been four months and she's been putting twenty bucks in plus their change, she might have a hundred bucks in there, mm. and she's paid them four dollars. I mean that's a four percent investment fee. Yeah, paying, which is you know on the one hand you don't you can open up account with a very small balance and they do a lot of the work for you. Um, but that's going to be eating into your returns as well it you is. Have to consider that. Um, so I would say, yeah, in addition to like, like Tiffany said, changing your profile, changing your goals, trying to whatever, whatever you can do to get them or to, to put your you know money in a, in a bit more risky um, investment. I mean, not risky, but yeah, I mean, risky, I know she's yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive mm-hmm. um, investment that can help also just contributing more, you know, more money. Yeah. It's going to increase your odds of, you know, more, more money makes more money, um, you know, ratcheting up your savings. Um, but I also feel like if you're only putting that, that little in, just don't be so impatient. Like just, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're not using this to say, to like make, to make a, you know, a bunch of money so you can turn around and buy a house or something like that, because you're not going to get there realistically, you know, with 20 bucks a month. Um, I think acorns is good. Like Tiffany said, like with your extra money that you, you know, don't want to just leave sitting in savings, but you don't really need it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to, you know, be investing in something a little bit more lucrative than a regular savings account on the side. Agree. Sort of where it fits in. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna check in now. I'm excited. I'm like, Ooh, let's see this $200 goes from, I can't believe it's literally been like a year. But I was like, wait, I've got uh, money here. <laughs> Just lose, just keep losing track of checks. What? <laughs> what a wonderful life it must be. Because <laughs> you know what it is? Because whenever Dreamcatchers ask me about, um, about like, you know, like an app or whatever. Well, one, I haven't endorsed Acorns because I said, let me, let me use it. So I signed up, but then clearly I did not do my full due diligence. So I've never endorsed it because I feel like if I, if I haven't done my, my full due diligence, I don't feel comfortable saying, Hey, it's awesome because I don't know. You know, and so I signed up so that way at least I could vet it. But then clearly I forgot because I have the memory of an 80 year old. And so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only good if you actually will use it. Exactly. So, yeah, I can no longer, I cannot, I cannot say acorns is awesome or terrible. I have clearly not used it well enough. <laughs> All right. Let's take one more question. Um, one, so first she commented on, we talked about that, I talked about that tipping video last week that was posted on. Yeah. Who was that? The Fusion? Fusion's Facebook page. I posted it on ours. The History of Tipping. She just mentioned that, oh, one of my favorite um, YouTube series, Adam's, Adam Ruins Everything. Yes! I best. love that! Yes! <laughs> Apparently, he did one of the History of Tipping. 
um, and the history of suburbs. So she just recommended, I might post a link to that in the show notes. Um, but here's her question. It's an interesting one. So she's married. She says, my husband and I are established in our careers and we have good jobs doing what we love. He's a physician's assistant and I'm a college professor. We earn great salaries and are able to meet our monthly expenses, save and give. Between the two of us, we have a few credit cards. After getting into trouble in my 20s, I'm now 40 and completing the Live Richer Challenge, Live Richer Academy Credit Challenge. I'm really on top of the way that I use my credit card. My wonderful husband is a little more liberal in his usage of the credit card frequency and amount. And I recently learned that he added me as an authorized user on his card. While I charge small amounts and pay off my card each month, he doesn't always do the same. This means that it may take a few months to pay off the balances that he racks up. While I've heard you and Tiffany talk about the benefits of being an authorized user on an account of a person with great credit, what happens when the person's credit score isn't as high as yours? Does my credit score suffer? And beyond having a conversation with husband, what should I do? Should I remove myself from his account? And won't this also lower my credit score? Well, if you use my question on air, I'd like to remain anonymous. So I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> do you want to read I that? I will edit this question and you will not hear your name. You okay. will hear this though, because that's funny. Yes, that is. <laughs> okay, Lily. Um, it, okay. So one, it, it's not supposed to, if you're cut, if you're an authorized user and you're not the one actually using the card, it's not supposed to lower your credit score. It's supposed to only, you're supposed to only improve, but not lower, but you want to make sure that that's what's actually happening. So what it's, well, this is what, I mean, from like my, my, my friends that are credit experts. I mean, I find myself, I dabble in credits, but I don't find myself as a credit expert, but I, from what I've asked, it's that let's just say your husband is late. You're an authorized user, but not a co, um, it's a co-sign. No. What is the other joint, word? Joint card holder. Yes. So authorized user is different than a joint user, joint, like, so meaning like you guys have equal responsibility. That's different. So meaning like his name, my name, like me and, and, and Superman, we have a joint bank account. So we're both equally responsible, but it's responsible. Yeah. Well, and so, but as an authorized user, they hold the primary responsibility. And instead what you're supposed to do is yes, that it, it's supposed to make it look good if you're um, connected to the account, but it's not supposed to harm you if they're not making completely wise choices. But I mean, I, like I said, I would look to make sure that, um, that like, you know, like it's not showing up on my credit report because you can get that removed. Um, if it does, because it's not supposed to, I think the bigger issue here is like, um, husband, um, not, um, pay using his credit cards, um, I guess as wisely as you'd like. And so maybe Mandy, I could tell you like, this is what me, me and Superman finally figured it out. I'm like, we figured it out. Well, we figured out how we want to work our money. We've been married now since June. I'm like, wait, June, July. I'm the worst. Anyway, we've been married for a while. Um, not a long while, obviously, but we've been married for a few months and we've both been back and forth with how do we want to do the money? How do we want to do the money? Cause we honestly didn't have mixed money outside of, uh, we had a joint savings account that we used to travel with. And so we decided, well, honestly, he actually made the decision that he wanted me to take his check, which I'm like, I can do that. And that we were going to live off his income. And then with my money, we save and invest. 
And so we're going to live off one income. And the way it's going to look is how I already do, do the bills anyway for myself is that with his money, we pay bills. We also, we just opened up a joint checking account. And that joint checking account is for what I call um, um, joint household non-bills. So meaning like um, basically like food shopping and stuff like that. So there's a, a, a debit card at home. So when you go food shopping, I've already made the transfers. And so you could take that that joint our joint um, debit card to go food shopping and do household expenses that are not bills. And then we have a, um, a, a joint bills account that we pay bills out of. So I don't know if your husband would be open to combining your resources in a way where you can be responsible for paying off uh, or paying bills like that. So that way, since he's not paying on time, that you can make sure they're paid on time if, if you're being more responsible. It's kind of something you have to talk to him about, but that's something that, and I'm not saying that it, this is definitely going to work because we're just new to this. We literally just opened up a joint account last weekend. So we're trying to see and work out. How do you and in, 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 um, in your boo do it, Mandy, as far as money? Well, you know, we had the exact same issue she's going through right now. Well, one, huh. just, just to recap, um, when you're an authorized user, their positive behavior will help your score. Not all, and most most of the time, the credit. A lot of times, credit card companies don't report negative behavior, so it won't drag down your score necessarily. Mm-hmm. That's if you're a joint account holder. Um, that's when you're both sort of dragging each other up or down. Yes. Correct? Okay. Correct. Um, yeah. So we have the same issue where I was way better. Uh, I was just like, I mean, for me, it. I trained myself to, if I saw a balance, I just paid off whatever my statement balance was. And I knew if it was higher than what I could afford, it was bad news bears and I was messing up somewhere. Um, and then I, you know, it took me a couple of years. It just always seemed like my husband then boyfriend and fiance always had credit card debt. And I was like, how are you always having the same, like little bit of credit card debt? It seems to never go away. And it always really, really bothered me. Um, and honestly, one of the one of the ways we nipped that in the bud was we got a financial planner, and that unlocked a lot of the mm. awkwardness of having that conversation because we fought about it. You know, he didn't want to tell me about his debt. I wanted to know everything. I thought it was oh, the only way for us to be successful was for me to know how much he, how much debt he had, and create a plan to pay it down and whatever. He was like, I want to manage it. It's my problem. Blah blah blah. When we got a financial planner, we had a third party in the mix, and all of a sudden, I know I'm sitting in the back, like, you know, <laughs> evilly, you know, <laughs> with my fingers together, like, ooh, I'm going to find out all the tea now, all the dirt. Um, it wasn't that bad, but he became more comfortable when we had all the cards out on the table, kind mm. of showing me exactly, show, you know, showing each other where our money was going and whatnot. And with her help, we decided that um, – if he was really, if he was, he was very uh, um, sure that he wanted to tackle the debt on his own. It wasn't very much. I think it was like $2,000 or something like that. Um, he was going to do it the smart way, which instead of just making his little monthly payments as much as he could every month, he was going to transfer the balance to a zero, a 0% balance transfer card. And he was going to really pay it off before that balance, um, before the promotional period ended, which was 12 months. And then that gave that gave me peace of mind because at least I knew then he wasn't racking up interest charges. Because in my mind, I was like, why won't this guy just let me pay off his debt for him and just be done with it, you know? Okay. But for him, it was a point of pride. So the balance transfer was a really good compromise. He had 0%. I wasn't worried about interest charges and he could pay it off himself. And, you know, and, it, and he was like, he was being true to himself and he was doing it the way he wanted. And that's how we, we handled that. And since then, it has, we've been much more transparent we select okay 
we have specific cards that we use for specific purposes. Okay. We use one, our Chase Reserve card for all of our restaurants and eating out um, purchases, joint pur- purchases. We use one Amex card for all of our grocery shopping, and we both know to use that. And then we both have our Chase or whatever bank account checking, and we spend our checking however we want to use it, you know. And I, I pay the bills off um, mostly because it's just on those two credit cards. Um, I pay those bills off myself. It takes time. I mean, it took a while. Like, oh, my gosh. The other day, like, it's I've been dating Superman for, like, I don't know, maybe four three and a half, four years now. And so it took a while. The other day he looked at me, he was like, you know what? I agree. When it came to some money choice, I nearly wept. I, so I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Cause I have been working on him forever, <laughs> you know? And so it takes some time and I had to learn to stop being such a bully about it. <laughs> Cause I could be a little bully myself. <laughs> right? Because, you know, like really trying to force his hand, like, no, this is the best way. Because one, I learned that my way wasn't always the best way. Yeah. And two, I had to honor that. He has, a, he has a way too. When he came up with the, let me give you my check thing, I was like, wow, this was, that's actually a really, I had this other intricate thing in, in mind. And when we sit down and we did our bills together, we, we already live under what he brings in. And so I was like, well, this is perfect because we're already living under, you know, um, we're already living basically within the means of being able to live off your check. Why not do so officially? So that way, and what I, I know what he loves about that is that one, he's the head of the household, you know, that he's like, okay, I paid the bills, you know, it gives him that kind of like feeling, which is nice, you know? And then two, it's, you know, it gives me this feeling of safety and security in that. Let's just say something happens with my businesses. The truth of the matter is we're still fine. You know, so I like that feeling because it allows me to grow without fear of can we afford our life, you know? That's so, so true. I think it's really smart to base your lifestyle around the lower earner in the mm-hmm. house. And I get really nervous. I have gotten really nervous to really try to avoid as one of us, you know, as our incomes change and go in different directions that we're not upgrading the lifestyle just because one of us earns more. Because I'm paranoid. You know, I'm, I have the same sort of fear you do about what if something happens to the higher earner and then there's, you know, and then your your lifestyle is 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 no longer like you can't support it. And then you just have all those issues. Um, that's that's my nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, because it, it is a scary thing of like because, you know, like, yeah, there's that book. Was it um, did we talk about the book for Elizabeth Warren before she was a senator, wrote a book about living off one income? I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it's yeah. called. I remember you told me she wrote a personal finance book, and I didn't believe you. Yes, did. Yeah. and it was actually really good. It was about living off one. It's called the 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 lie, the income lie, or something like that. But it's about living off one income. And I think if you, I know it's not possible for everyone, but if you can get as close as possible to living off the lower earner's income, the better. Yeah, and sometimes it's good to feel a little broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, it's nice, you know, especially... I mean, as long as well, you're not, you know, within reason, like... Within reason, yes. Don't send your baby to school with, like, holes in their shoes. Exactly. Because <laughs> nobody has time for that. <laughs> nobody has time for that. <laughs> Anybody got time for it? <laughs> Thanks for your question, Lily. Yes, we have some good questions. If you have questions, please send them to brownambitionpodcast.com and click Ask Us Anything. Or you can email us at brownambitionpodcast.gmail.com whoa I know look at me cause you know I'm like Mandy likes it she'll do it give it to Mandy <laughs> she'll do it 
It's like the kid commercial. Give it to Mikey. He'll eat it. <laughs> I'm glad we're getting out of our rut. Our, like, yes. You know, assumed roles. Um, yes, exactly. In that case, how about some wins, wins, wins on this Wednesday? Oh, look at you. Okay. Um, meanwhile, I'm not going to lie. I'm still thinking about my win. You go. <laughs> my win is so excellent. I haven't even told you about this yet. So here's what happened was we all know I went on this great vacation last week for my our uh, my husband's cousin's wedding in the Dominican Republic. It was beautiful, gorgeous, so beautiful. relaxing, amazing. Yeah. I come back. I'm already on Monday morning. I'm like, I'm going to show up to the office at eight o'clock. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to do amazing things before my first meeting at 930. I show up and I'm like, where's my laptop at though? And I start, I start thinking immediately. I'm like, okay, I've shown up to the office before without my computer, like a dummy. And I have to go back home and get it and come back. But then I'm like, wait a second. I left straight from work to the airport, did not have my laptop with me on vacation. I know it's here. And then I look around, nobody's desks has lap, have laptops on them. We all have our laptops at our desk at all times. Mm. And I'm like, oh, shist. And long story short, our office was robbed over <gasps> the weekend. No! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely robbed. They took four. They took three laptops. So luckily, a couple of our employees, um, one took hers home over the weekend. The other one was out of town and had hers. Um, and then they just didn't happen to see my boss's laptop underneath some papers but yeah, they walked away with three laptops, including mine, and a brand new one we had just uh, ordered for a new hire, like out of the box. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I've never had. I mean, you always kind of like hear about you know office break-ins and you know whatever, but I've, it's never happened to me before, and it was it was really creepy. That um, is creepy. How yeah. was that a win? No, I was. <laughs> It was a win. It was a win for insurance. <laughs> I think that I'm going to, I'm going to spin this um, into a win for the power of insurance because well, one, you know, as a business, I think it's good to protect yourself and like um, magnify money and lending tree have loss prevention for this type of thing, but the same thing can happen so easily in your personal life. And um, I think it's important. Another reminder why it's important to have renter's insurance or some form of homeowner's insurance. Um, I don't know about homeowners, but when my brother's car was broken into and he lost his laptop um, during college, his renter's insurance policy replaced it yeah, immediately person, without any, even though it didn't happen is in his apartment. Um, so the, the damage to us really wasn't that as bad as it would have been had we not had that protection um, and insurance in place. So that's my win. And I'm, going to update my renter's insurance policy now that I'm thinking about it because I don't know if they know I live in Jersey now. Okay. I'm going to have to fix that. But in a, in a win for the finest New York City Police Department who stayed in our office inexplicably for six hours all day. Oh, chilling. Just, okay. just chilling. And shout out to the <laughs> robber who didn't have a bag to take the laptops away in. So they dumped out a ridiculous, like, you know how you go to conferences and you get goodie bags? Yeah. So our co-founder, Nick, he got this ridiculous, like, pink, flowery Vera Bradley tote bag, the giant ones, like they sell at TJ Maxx mm -hmm. from a conference, and they dumped everything out of it and took the loot in this, oh. like, pink, flowery Vera Bradley bag. So I'm just, just waiting just for them the to find that security footage. Yeah, it's just that lazy, like, I mean, yeah. 
Well, Robbers, hopefully your time is limited. Um, so uh, my win actually comes directly from our Facebook page, Brown Ambition. I forgot I shared this. So President and First Lady, I mean, well, whatever. Yes, I'm claiming them. President and First Lady, Barack Obama, have chosen one of my favorite artists of all time and another young woman who I'm not familiar with, but I'm sure she's dope, to paint their official portrait. So, you know, every President and First Lady have they have official portraits. And so what I love is he chose this African, um, I believe he's Nigerian artist named Kit. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong. And every Nigerian is going to roll their eyes. Okay. Hmm. Kehinde Wiley. Kehinde? 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 Oh, I'm sorry, Nigerian Maxim. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. Amy Sherald. So Amy, I believe, is African-American as well. And Kehinde, his artwork is so beautiful. I actually posted this picture once I had gone to, I think it was Brooklyn Museum, and he has this bust of a woman who, her hair is braided. It's like three busts of women, and their hair kind of like meets in the middle. And I swear that the woman's face, cause she could have been my sister. So I took a picture of myself next to it, and I said, I came in search of beauty, and I found myself, or something to that effect. It was so beautiful. His work is so beautiful, and it really highlights all the beauty that's in the brown and black diaspora. And so I love the fact that, you know, that they that they chose their um their portrait. I just that's huge, you know. And so yeah, I cannot wait. So and he's the one. Remember for for Kehinde, he's the one. You remember those huge oversized portraits of like you would see of um um black men in like tins and whatever, but they were postured like these um like these old European portraits. Like if you go to the Met. And like, you know, you see like these uh, um, like European portraits of people like on horses or like they're all like formal or whatever. So he would paint African-American men in like their regular street clothes, but with this like very austere background. Oh. Like, it's, yeah. And they're huge. I mean, when I say huge, floor to ceiling. So you have to go see. I've seen it. I think. Did I see it at the Met or the I believe I've seen his work either at the Met or at the um the Brooklyn Museum, but it was beautiful. And I remember just being stunned. So that's a win for you, young brother and sister. He's my Facebook friend only because, you know, I request, I always request random people, Facebook friends. I'm totally a Facebook. (laughs) Yes. Like if you, if you write, Oh my God, my friend, Sarah is so amazing. She just got such and such from Forbes magazine. I'm like, you mean my friend, Sarah? Hey girl. (laughs) You're that person. I am. I'm like, I want to my circle. I want to feel the vibes. And I would say I'm a, I have a good 40% rate of like acceptance. I'm like, yes, me and Sarah are friends now. And if I can't, like sometimes Facebook will say, Tiffany, you have so many friends. I will unfriend a friend that's not carrying their weight and be like, girl, you're out. Sarah's in. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Anyway, it's been awesome as usual. <laughs> Did this episode feel different to you? Um, what, in a bad way, in a good way? In a good way. Do you realize this is our hundredth episode? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> I remembered and then I forgot. Well, I meant, mention, I meant to mention at the beginning of the show, we're just an old married couple now. Old married podcast couple forgetting our wow. hundredth episode anniversary. I can't remember when I first met you, Mandy. Where'd you working at? I don't think we, we just spoke on the phone. You're working at... Um, um, yes! And you did an interview. And I remember I was so excited. Like, oh my God, I'm famous now. And then and we... were, and everything happened for you. Right. I was not famous then. I was just <laughs> kind of like, what? Okay. And then you, um, I met you at ThinkCon. And I was like, wow, I like her in real life. 
And we took like a long walk. Like it was like, oh, we really courted. We really were courting. Remember, we were like, you know what? Let's skip the um the FinCon festivities. Let's just take a long walk on the bayou. <laughs> and I think you were talking to me about husband at the time, but he wasn't husband. And my Superman at the time, if he wasn't my husband. Yo, look how far we've come. We've gotten married. Mandy has gone natural. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> there's so many, you, right? I started a new business. You started a new job. I mean, so many things have happened. I'm pregnant. Just kidding. <laughs> That'd be too uh, much. I know, right? Hopefully, you know, next podcast. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Our hundredth episode. Thank you for wanting a hundred episodes because um I remember not even knowing that this was a good idea. I yeah. just knew I really wanted to do it, and Yahoo told me no, and I was like, I'm a dude anyway. <laughs> and I knew it was gonna help. <laughs> I was like, okay. I wasn't even sure what the podcast was, and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Yes, and I have to say that if you want to congratulate us on our 100th episode, uh, can you please leave a review on uh, iTunes? <laughs> yeah, can you give us as a gift on our yeah. 100th episode episode anniversary? Please leave us a review. That'd be awesome. Even if you have already, you know, sign in from your husband's account. Use your mom. She doesn't use it. Just... <laughs> Just leave us a review saying how, you know, how you feel, which is awesome about us. Clearly, you're listening. That's you, Jamal. Jamal, have you left a review? I know we pick on you, but, you know, just I'm just saying. Jamal needs to tell a friend. Everybody <laughs> yeah. tell a friend. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.